A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to After Fantasy Podcast, episode 41. I'm your host, Peter Tradition, again by Tom and Gunnar. How are you doing, guys? Tom? I'm very good, thank you, Peter. How are you? Hey, thanks, Tom. Thanks for asking. Gunnar, how are you? Yep, doing very well, thank you. Okay, this pod is like a mix, mitch match. It's kind of a special podcast. We run through our combined rank of the centre-backs, but also quickly cover the Scottish game, a bit of FPL chat. So it may be a long one, so strap yourselves in. So, a bit of housekeeping first. It was the last 16 of the half-hour fantasy podcast cut the weekend, so right now Gunnar is working on the brackets. I think he's already got the... Results the up. scores, the scores are up. up, yeah. So the 16 guys who were left can see what they've got. The updated bracket will be on later tonight on Gunnar's page. And just a reminder, the quarterfinals will be this weekend. There's a full card on Saturday and Sunday. So that will be eight into four after Sunday. So the league, top three. Hasn't changed, still the same top three, but a, bit, a little bit of movement. Our own Gunnar has moved up to second. So number one, Wolf Tone, Tony McClary, 50 points. Gura 74 points and Conking Lines will be the to 60 points. So Gura, what rank are you now overall in the game? I am 25th overall. So there we go. That's why she listen to this podcast. We've got a guy sitting in the top 25, 25 in the world of about 40,000 odd players. That's quite not bad. That's not bad, is it? It's quite funny when you like when you say FPL and then you go overall in the world, uh, it kind of makes sense. And then when the Scottish game, it's probably uh, mo- mostly in Scotland, eh? Whenever I do my my tweets and the emojis, I'm like, do I put the Scotland flag or do I use the globe? Use the globe, mate. <laughs> <laughs> See, I guess I was thinking of something night, right? Just to off, off a wee tangent here, but the rank you might get the now, think about it if the game evolves in 10 years' time, but like, ah, with a top 100 finish. I know it's not mm-hmm. getting the, the global reach of the FPL, but I kind of picture the whole, as the game gets bigger, it's going to be harder to finish higher up the table. But anyway. So we will go to the average was 39 points this week. I had 44, Tom had 51, and Gunnar had 74. Gunnar was also the second highest score in the league this week. Mark Allen, 21st and 75. That's the only person that beat you. So we'll talk from my points. A bit of a, a mixed bag this week. I had, no, I had no playing goalkeeper, so no points for that. Doig, no points. Barisic, vice-captain, 12. Then I had the three rogues at the back who got the minus points. Sheldy for Ross County, Devlin and Sporrell, minus three, minus one, and minus one each. Callahan one, Turnbull one, Ellis five, Morella is nothing, and Lafferty captain, 30 points. So he saved today. So, Tom, you're next to my top for your points. Yeah, I didn't have a goalkeeper either. Um, Backline, Barisic, seven points. Scott McMahon got me two points. Captain Goldson, four. Midfield, Callahan got me one. Forrest didn't play. McGrath. Seven points, Pinnock three points, and up front Morales didn't get me anything. Vice on Lafferty got me twenty-seven, and Shanklin didn't get anything either. 
Can you gonna talk us through your points? Yeah, no goalie either. Then I had Captain Barisic for 14, two points each from Hoban, Goldson, and Kenny. 12 points, Martin Boyle, five from Elianusi, seven McGrath, just one from Callahan, vice captain Lafferty, 27, and Edward, two points. Okay, so quickly go through the results of the game week. We're not going to get too much detail this week. It was last Wednesday night, and we want to talk about the kind of special centre back rank instead. So Hamilton now, Motherwell one, Hibs two, Livingston one, St Johnson one, Rangers one. Aberdeen 1, Celtic 1, Kilmarnock 3, Dunedin 0, Ross County 1, St Mirren 3. So after that, the bottom three stands is this. Kilmarnock's now got 32 points, County's got 30, and Hamilton 27. Now we all, I think we all agreed before Hamilton was going to escape and get maybe into the playoff spot. Has that changed after this weekend's results, Tom? Um, I'd say so, yeah. I think Hamilton are probably going to be in one of the bottom two now. Um, I think the gap's just too much, but I think they do, the last two fixtures they played Ross County and Kilmarnock. Good, that's quite an interesting bit of an eagle for these games. So yourself, you know? a bit of head to head there. Uh, yeah, I hadn't even noticed that they're playing playing the teams around them there. Um, it's going to be really tough for them. I, I think they're going down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of the plastic pitches right out of this Premiership. <laughs> <laughs> they got uh, the managed team all got new contracts, well, didn't they? They're all getting kept on regardless. They sent new deals. That was last week, wasn't it? Price yeah. and these, yeah. So obviously, they're, they're, regardless of what's happening, they're obviously thinking they're going to build or keep with for next season. A couple other points: Boyle, a goal in the return, and he was playing in the wing. So, do you think he's essential for the rest of the season? Gonna start with you. Um, I picked him up on the wild card, I think. Um, goal and assist this this week he like the um, Nisbet and Deutsch are playing up front and he's playing in this like right wing back role but he's cutting inside quite often uh, he's won the penalty uh, he is on penalties so I, I don't see me moving him he's he's my only hips player um, I might get Nisbet in but uh, Boyle isn't moving okay Tom you kind of were beforehand worrying when he was kind of playing Looking at behind the striker, and as it was benched, and you thought the potential is your turns were going to kind of dry up. But as I speak, Sean, he's still banging him in. So, what's your thoughts on Boyle for the rest of the season? Um, I think it'll be good for the Livingston game, but other than that, I'm not overly fussed on him. He's good at finding penalties, I think. He, <laughs> he looks for the contact. I, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good talent to have if you're looking for that winning goal. But um, they played. Motherwell in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup and he didn't provide any returns there. So I think it I think it's um I think it depends on the opposition really you've got to try. I think it's good if Hibs are on a good day, but I think Nisbet would probably be my preference if you're going for one Hibs attacker. Okay. Uh, Lafferty hat trick. Is it worth just putting the face cap on Lafferty every week? Because basically he has became an over a short time Kilmarnock's talisman, Tom. He missed the, the the game last night against St Mirren with a minor injury, so we'll have to keep an eye on um, team news. I'm not too sure the timings of the fixtures this weekend. We might get the lineup before the deadline. I'm not okay, too sure. I can tell you right now if you wait for two seconds. Da, 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 da. Yes, three o'clock kickoffs, Kilmarnock, all five games are so you'll get the news. Good. Um, 
One thing which I noticed on the weekend was uh, out of Lafferty's hat-trick, uh, Ross Millen, the defender, provided two assists. And in Lafferty's absence, um, in extra time, he was the one that took a penalty to make it, um, to give them that third, third goal in the weekend as well, because it was 3-3 after added time against St Mirren. So you might be, a, if you're feeling punty, Ross Millen might be a decent shout. But they're not really one for getting clean sheets, Kilmarnock, are they? Need a light scout, yeah. Rangers defence, still trust it. It's not been anywhere near as good after one league. Are you still double up, triple up, or do you think it's time to just go one and spread the wealth elsewhere? Gunnar? I don't really know who, who else I would be bringing in, I think. Um... Tavernier's back. Go for double up again, just go back to try and test it. Like, funds probably wouldn't be a problem. Uh, Barisic was sobbed before the clean sheet wipeout, which is good this week. Um, they, brought in, uh, they brought in a lot of young players. Uh, I think Barisic was sobbed for someone whose name I hadn't heard before. Um, Simpson, he was a young lad as well, who made the mistake uh, for the penalty. He could have probably conceded two penalties just by himself. Um now that they're out of all the cups, I, I, I don't see why they wouldn't play the strongest eleven. And um, I'll be sticking with uh, Barisic and Goldson for now. I think. Tom, I think stick. Um, after Celtic, the remaining two fixtures are Livingston and Aberdeen. I think they can quite easily keep a clean sheet against those two. So I think that's points in the bag, particularly Aberdeen because they, they can't score to save themselves. <laughs> uh, and Celtic under, Le- under Lenny. That's a like that one. Uh, after, after the false dawn of a recent game, and obviously they beat off Rangers in the, in the cup, that game's have been just like back to the old ways. And we jumped the gun and jumped back into the Celtic assets too quickly, or are you just going to hold, Tom? I've only got Forrest, so I need to find out if he's fit or not. Um, I didn't get bought in with the, the Livingston result, so I'm, I'm, I'm not. One of the smart ones, Tom. Yes, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to rush in on Celtic, particularly this weekend, because obviously they're playing Rangers, which is arguably the the hardest fixture they're going to face post split. So, um, I mean, if they turn it around on the weekend, then you never know. But certainly not for this weekend, no. Will be yourself, Gera. I haven't thought about it now. I have uh, Morelos. Uh, but I've also got John Joe Kenny, and I'm definitely not starting him this week. Uh, if I downgrade Morelos, say to a Nisbet, uh, I could then go Kenny to Tavernier and do the triple up against uh, for Rangers. Like Tom just said, there with the games that they have after the Celtic game, and Elionusi and Edward are my other two. Edward could have probably scored a couple, but he just doesn't at the minute. Uh, Elianusi, decent form. I'm definitely keeping him. Um, seeing how we just get the one tri- free transfer, I would probably already have to take a hit. But uh, Kenny is is someone I'm looking to offload. I think. Okay. Uh, also, it was Ferguson's uh, first attacking return since game week 14. First goal since game week 12. Now that he scored against Celtic. After his wee purple patch, yeah, he was on for five six weeks. Mm-hmm. Right predictions then. Eh? So, this is week eight. Just go through this. So, as it stood, Peter 50, Tom 31, Gunnar 48. 
As it stands, Peter 51, Tom 32, Gunnar 49. So as you can see there, we got one point each. That was, I get one point for the Kilmarnock win. Tom, you used for the Aberdeen Celtic draw. And Gunnar got the mother all away, won a Hamilton. And that was it. Game which coming up is, sorry, fixed crop even. Dungeon United versus Ross County, Hibs versus St. Johnson, Robinson versus Aberdeen, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, St. Mern, Hamilton, and Rangers Celtic. So I'm going to ask you to predict the Dungeon United, Ross County, Tom. 3-1 to Dundee United. Gunnar? 2-1 to Dundee United. Okay, I've got one now, Ross County. Hibs and Johnson, I've got one each. Tom? 2-1 Hibs. Gunnar? Desmond, 2-2. Two, two. And last but not least, Rangers versus Celtic. Tom? You just need to say it, Tom. Just let it out, mate. 1-0 <laughs> Rangers. Gina? 2-0 Rangers. Alright. Tuna melts my ass, Gina. Wait to hear me. 3-1 Rangers. <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> right. Uh, captains, vice-captains, transfers this week. So, I'll start with you, Tom. Who's your captain? Good morning. Um... I think it, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Captain McGrath and Vice Captain Laffey, if he's fit. Gina? That for me is the, the only thing that really stands out. Um, I would like to back Martin Boyle, but St. Johnson looked really, really good in the two games against Rangers. So, some combination of McGrath and Lafferty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't got McGrath, so I'm. Face Captain Lafferty, I think, and Captain. If I bring in Tavernier, I make this Captain Tav. Because I've got a sick feeling in my stomach that I've been expecting a doing off Rangers all year and it's not happened yet. I've got mm. a funny feeling that's going to come on Sunday. My first weekend back at the caravan with my two Rangers pals, I've got a funny feeling I'm going to sit there and watch my team get absolutely spanked. And I can't shake that feeling. Hope I'm completely wrong, but <laughs> you have to hear first a week out. If I said you thought you'd Sunday in my head like this, you know what's happened. So, transfers. Did we discuss this? Is it any planned? Tom? I have to find out what the goalkeeper situation is because I mm. own Segrist and Lewis. So I need to find out what the situation is there. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not really too sure. I'm going, to do, I'm going to do a, a gunner this week and just say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's talked to you behind the world, mate. Not getting any secrets out. <laughs> gunner, your thoughts on the transfers? Well, I'll probably wait until the last minute again this week. I also have no playing goalie, but I was just going to overlook that for another week and just hope I have one of them playing at least next week again. And before we came on the pod, like Tom, I had no idea what, what I'm going to do with the transfer, but I haven't, haven't talked to you guys now. I might actually do the, the Kenny Tavernier move and then Morelos downgraded to someone. Uh, probably Nisbet. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan, actually. You have to get Tavernier back in. Right, so there's no questions, and as I, as I predict, people are now not getting to ask. Three week, game weeks left. I think the questions will be dried up to next year now. So, we'll go to our special topic of the week. 
Our centre-backs top 10 combined mind half our fantasy podcast. So, very varied top 10s. Some are obvious, some are not so obvious. So, first of all, I'm going to ask you all, ask you all those other ones, one at a time, the process got into the top 10, Tom, because your process was a bit different than the way I'd done it, but on you go. Um, I went with... I went with mostly the stats first, um, and I picked out kind of key stats. I also looked and considered what my expectations were of these players at the start of the season uh, and compared them to, to how they've performed at this point when we were making up our top 10. And that obviously bared an influence on my, my rankings, which you'll soon find out. Hey, Kenner, how do you get about your top 10? How do you? Yeah, I was really struggling with this. And... Uh... I think the top three uh, I got to very, very quickly. And then um, going down to my number 10, I think I haven't watched Scottish football long enough to to actually make up uh, like an educate, educated list here. Uh, some of these players, they all just merge into one. And um, I'm going solely on stats, uh, sometimes just on on eye test or gut feeling. I was saying to you guys off air when I, when I picked up my highlighter here and uh, marked a few stats, uh, I realized I, m- I missed out on one or two uh, players there. Then I cross referenced their stats with the players that I have in my top 10 and I just left it as it was. So I think next season uh, it'll be a bit easier for me to come up with a top 10 here, but uh, yeah, I've got something as well. Well, my way of looking was kind of a similar style. Starts to a point, I test a point, but about the legacy as well, because I'm just looking at the best 10 centre-backs in the league right now, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So not always just this season, it was like a rolling combined thing. Is this my way of getting Celtic goes in the top 10? Who knows? But it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of, I kind of but obviously I've not went daft and went Shane Duffy. I mean, because that's not going to happen. He's in his own wee top 10 or in his own world. So, Gunnar, you had somebody you missed off your list. Do you want to give us that first? Uh, yeah, Chris Julian. Right. Just on that, I had Julian sitting at 10th, 11th as well, and I thought to myself, he did play quite a lot of games this season. At the start, we said he was actually a bit better defensively. Not great. I just think overall he didn't play enough games for me league-wise. It was mostly European games, and I, I did take him off. Same with Welsh. I think Welsh is a good centre-back for what he is in the league. I think probably better maybe three or four of these guys I've got in my top 10. But again, it's a small sample size, so maybe next year, but he's just missed out. So before we get to top 10, we may get a couple of guys who just missed out and no more because we're obviously combined the, the points drop. So two from Tom's list was Liam Gordon and O'Dolphin. Both missed out, Tom, because none, none of me or had them ranked at all, so that's why. Yeah. Yeah. On my list, it was Jason Kerr for St. Johnson, who I quite like. I think he's going to be a better centre-back next year. I think you want to keep an eye on, I think. And the one that missed it for you, Gunnar, was Considine. Again, because none of us had him in our top oh, 10. Oh, right. Okay. I thought he was a left-back. See, this is the thing. And all... Yeah, Hibs have a team of going for the 3-5-2 to 4-4-2 because... McGinn as well could be deemed as a fullback when he plays that formation. So it's how you 
interpret the player plays, it's up to you, I suppose. And Balogun's played right back. Right. Okay. Things like that. The only thing I will mm. say is, if you put your guy in your top, you know what, I'm not going to say, my, I'll talk about it another time, that's, that's off pod talk. Right, okay then. At number 10, Ryan Portis. Tom didn't have him in the top 10. Gunnar, you had him ninth, and I had him eighth. So I'll go talk about him quickly first. I think there's a good player in there. He's made a, quite a lot of mistakes this season, granted. But I think you can see over the piece he's going to be a good centre-back, and he's one of probably Hibs' three sellable assets, if you want to talk about mm. Nisbet, Porteous, and I missed out something, I think, Doig, probably. I think Porteous could become a better centre-back. If it was last year's, maybe be higher up my list, but he's made a lot of mistakes this year, and that's why he's down in 10th overall. Any words on Porteous? Good on you, done ranked. Yeah, similar, similar for me as well. I think the stats that I picked out that I looked at was like clean sheets, tackles won, fouls, pens conceded, and he was in and around um, the other players that I picked in my top 10. And uh, like you say, he, he's made a few mistakes. He's conceded two penalties um, this season. But I think ev- even the small sample size of one season that I have, you can see it as a player in there. And like I say, with a bit of sell-on value as well. Um, I have him ranked at ninth, and I think that's fair. You have him at eighth, and fair as well. Splitting hairs. Tom, you have any on him? You have any say on Portis? I'm happy just to move on. I'm happy just to move on. <laughs> it's one of your guys you want to talk about. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, number nine is Hanlon. Awesome hips. Tom Adam seventh. Good Adam eighth, and I had him in ninth. So, Tom, Hanlon. these kind of guys sort of fourth to seventh, I kind of found it hard to differentiate them. So I had him in at number seven. 34 appearances. He managed to get goal and assist this season and 13 clean sheets. So that's about 38% clean sheet rate. I just thought, I just thought he had a decent season. That's about it, really. Good that's a good one called kind of messed up. They're all ranked roughly the same, but that's the thing. That's the thing I was saying going in as well. Like, I have him ranked eighth. There's not much difference between him and, and Porteous that, that I can see. He's, he's not conceded two penalties. That's why I ranked him eighth and Porteous ninth. You know, both, <laughs> both scored a goal, uh, 13 clean sheets for Hanlon, roughly the same fouls, tackles one. Yeah, splitting hairs, like you say. Yeah, pretty much with both I just think it comes to the point, some of these players are very similar, but he's playing for a better team, so he looks better on a better team, and that's why he's probably ranked in the top 10 out of maybe all the centre-backs league. Number eight is Guthrie from Livingston. Guru, I had him 10th. Hmm. Guru had him 10th slash 11th for that list you sent me. All right. But Tom had him second. So oh. this is the one I wanted to do. So Tom, the floor is yours. Guthrie, second place. Well, he's the second highest goal-scoring defender, only second to Tav. His uh, rise in price probably shows how big an asset he's actually been this season. He started off, I think it was between sort of 2 and 2.2. He's now currently sitting on 3.2 million. So he also registered two assists as well. I mean, his clean sheet rate hasn't been too high. Nine out of a possible 32 in his appearances. But... Um, 
I think he's I think he's probably overperformed for what we anticipated. I mean, he did score a lot of goals last season. I think he got six goals last season, actually. Um, so for that, he got second. Okay. For me on Guthrie, I think his goal scoring was outweighing his actual defensive talent when I actually watched him live and watched games. All being said, that most of the watch were against the two big two teams. Maybe that's unfair. And he had a good purple patch where Livingston went on a good run under, I can't remember his name, was the manager's name again, Martin, when he got a job. But apart from that, I think he falls into the bang average bracket again with the rest of these defenders. But I understand your work, Tom. I know at the time I was kind of gobsmacked to hit him that high, but when you explain it, then it's fair enough. Good our thoughts on Guthrie? I, I can totally understand. Um, like for, for me, it was putting him 11th or putting him into the top top three. I, I can definitely see what you say. Highest attacking, like high attacking returns for a defender. But I, I just don't think he's he, he's that good, like that good a defender. Uh, and I think his like point total and like goals and assists, like it just it doesn't. How do you say that? It, it it doesn't combine with his defensive ability in my um in my opinion, especially compared to to all the others here in our top ten. Right. Okay. Number Ooh. seven is <laughs> controversial. Apparently. Is it... Okay. <laughs> That's just because I, I, we obviously the same opinion. We didn't think he was that good a defender, but Tom's doing it on the. What was it? What was the wee phrase you just told me in the chat? I liked that we said the, the school card. What was it used? Well, can we? Will we come to that when we speak about Celtic defenders? Will we? Will right, okay, I'll keep it as a, a spoiler for five minutes down down the line. Uh, the next up is McGinn from Hibs. Now I take it, Tom, you haven't ranked him because you've got him down as a fullback. Is that how you're going to? Yes. Yes, right. I thought because I was swaying back and forth because, like, watching Hibs getting out in and out formation, he's probably is more more plays full back than centre back. But when Hibs go three to back, he does play back three. So I've got him down as I had him down fifth when he played that role. You had the same girl, so he overall ranked number seven. So talk about him again, Gunnar. Um, but- I can only say, yeah, for me, it comes down to the sample size that I have. And uh, for me, he's not much difference to the, to the guys that I put before him, like or b- below him. Uh, from the stats that I looked at, 35 games played, 13 clean sheets. He's won 32 of his tackles, 38 fouls. He's quite high with that. He's got three goals and two assists. So very attacking, Tom. But he's also conceded two penalties. Um, very middle of the road. I have him ranked fifth. Um, his output, like for for his defensive output and his um, attacking output, he, he's come straight bang in the middle from the players that I've looked at. Okay, I said again. I said it before. I said again. I think from five down to ten, this list they could all quit interchangeable, maybe apart from one person that still came up. And again, I was ranking on just the eye test for this point, but I think it looked pretty good. Tommy, any other you've got was a fullback? Any add on again? No. Nope. I thought that'd be the case. <laughs> <laughs> right, next up it is joint fifth. So there's two guys. So the first up is the Rangers kind of backup defender is Balogun. Tom, you had him in fifth. Gura, you had him down in ninth, tenth. And I had him fourth. So 
I'll go first. When he's playing right back, he's not very good. When he comes in, he's playing centre back and he's fit. I think he's a very, very dependable set of set of hands, set of feet even. I think he's a pretty good centre back. I don't think he's going to be a world change. I don't think he's going to be ranked in Rangers top ten, top twenty centre backs ever. But he's very dependable. He's done the job. I think every other team in the league would have loved to have him in, in his team because he's that rounded. And again, I think it's just a case of when he was asked to come in and do something, he done it well. Part of that defence probably helps you get good players running about you, but to be as well as ever in his place. Gunnar. Well, so he's he, he's just made my list. I have him down in tenth, but it basically comes down to most of the uh, most of the guys on my top ten have played twice as many games uh, as he has. Nineteen games played, nine clean sheets, sixteen tackles, one, two assists. Um, he's got the eighty-five points uh, from the fantasy game, and I definitely wanted to have him in my top ten, but just because on the the games that he's played, uh, I know I have someone with roughly the same amount of games played rated higher. Um, but that just came down to eye test. But I definitely wanted Balogun included. So, yeah. Tom, thoughts on Balogun? Yep. So, nine clean sheets out of 19 appearances. That's a rate of 47%, which is higher than any of the Aberdeen guys, higher than any of the Celtic guys. So, I thought if he played more games, I think if he played more games, as many games as uh, Goldson, he'd probably be sitting higher up. And I think he's just as capable and he probably would have walked into any other side in the in the league, so he got fifth spot in my top ten. And next up's also joined fifth is Ash Taylor from Aberdeen. Tom, did you even have him right? Yes, you did. Yeah, six. Number six. Yep. yep. And Guru, you had him in seventh, and I had him at six as well. So I'll quickly talk about Ash Taylor. I remember last year Ash Taylor was here. Was it two years ago maybe? And I thought he was a total bomb scare. Yeah, player. It's also for your time, Guru. You won't uh, remember this Ash Taylor, but then he went away. When they got him back this season, a lot of people have moaned about it, but I think it's a pretty solid, solid year. I to me, I mean, I'll we'll get to this later. I've not even ranked Hoping because I thought Hoping's season fell off a cliff near the end. And I think Ash Taylor was, to me, the, the better centre back. But, Gura, thoughts on Ash Taylor? Well, Ash Taylor, he's basically missed, made my list based on the stats that I looked at as well. Um, Probably if if you show me a picture, I probably could point out Hoban or Taylor. And uh, but the stats that I looked at: thirteen clean sheets and thirty-one games played, attacking in a way as well. Because I've looked at shots as well for these guys because I wanted something confirmed. We'll come to that later. Uh, he's got thirty-two tackles, one twenty-four fouls. Um, seems to be a very very clean player compared to the others that I've looked at and seventh in my, in my ranking he he fits in there as well uh, from the points total from the fantasy game as well okay Tom thoughts yeah um he had 13 clean sheets out of a possible uh, 31 appearances and he scored one goal so it's fairly similar to his teammate Tommy Hoban I ranked Tommy Hoban higher because he scored two goals, but that's really all that really differentiated them from. Um, I think Aberdeen have had a good season defensively, and um, it's probably been quite the defense has probably been quite important in terms of the sort of final ranking for the the season as a whole. So he got top six. He got uh, top six for me. Okay, and next up, number four is man just mentioned Tommy Hoban. 
I didn't rank him at all because it's, again I'm using the test. I don't I don't think he's particularly a good centre back. I, th- I think he makes that off seem pretty well, but I think he's fell off a cliff. Mate, I'll have a lot of mistakes the last couple of weeks as well. Maybe that'll change going into the new manager stuff like that. But I just I had to go with what I'd seen in the top ten. Like I thought, again I thought Kerr for St Johnson is a much more solid, dependable centre back than Hoban, but none of you picked him because you don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, Hoban, you had him at third. Tom and fourth Gunnar. So I've got gobs like you talk about him. So Tom, you're the highest. Yep, two goals, which is pretty decent for a centre back when you compare him to others in the league. He is the highest scoring centre back out with Celtic and Rangers players as a fantasy asset. So that's why he's my number three. Gunnar? Yep, same reason like Tom said. Apart from the Celtic and Rangers, he's the highest scoring center half. He's got two pens conceded, but he's also scored two goals, so that's a, it's a goal more than Taylor and ranked higher just for that as well. Okay, he takes number three, or one only appearance by Celtic player, and that is Christopher Ayer. Tom's got nine, ninth, Gunnar, you had him second, and I had him first. Oh, I know that's controversial, so will I start this one? Or do you want, right. I've got him first because <laughs> I think he's still the best center back in the league. If you asked any English team to come in with money and go buy a centre-back out of the Scottish Premiership, who are they going to buy? Goldson. Christ- yeah, you're at it. They're going to buy Christopher Ayer. Yeah. No, they're not. No, you know what, Tommy? You're just playing devil's advocate. They're not going to buy Goldson. Yeah. Look at what we had to deal with this year. Look at the total dumpster fire. Look at the monkeys he's had behind him in goals. Right? He said, that lump Duffy next to him all season... And it's not, he only had Julian at the start, they had Duffy, mixture of Beaton, Walsh, Welsh in the end to settle down. He's got two edits at fullback roles as well. And yet, he's still probably going to win Celtic's play of the year. He's been that good coming out of defence, I think. Maybe David Turnbull. But I think Christopher Ayer has been, has been a great player this year, considering all that's going about, right about him. He feels like a wee dog in a gift, not a wee fire gift. This is fine. He's stuck in this, the tail's burning. Is this the IR sitting there? Because everyone else is just going to shit around about him. And I thought every time you see him playing a game, stands out like a sore thumb. And I'm glad to get away from Celtic. He's going to do good elsewhere. Ranks number one on my list. But anyway, that's me. Gunnar, thoughts Chris Fryer? Third in this, li- this list, a travesty, but on you go. He was probably one of the players that I, I knew about before I started watching Scottish football as, as well. So, like, I haven't picked him. A second in my ranking probably had something to do with just knowing more about the player and knowing, knowing what a good centre half he is. I said before I looked at shots as well, although we're looking at centre halves because I thought Ayer would be coming out on top or like quite high for something like that. Because if I think of, of Christopher Ayer, I think of him going on these marauding runs. Um, but he's actually only had 12 shots uh, compared that to someone... Even like like Hoban, he's got twenty five shots. You got McGinn, fourteen shots. So, so just just from the eye test, I thought Ayer would be much higher there. But I still think he, he he's a really good center half. He's like Peter said, he'll he'll be one. Like if you're picking a center half from from the Scottish league to say to be going down to England, for example, you you prob, probably picking Christopher Ayer. Uh, he scored a goal as well, conceded a pen. Um, in the list from players that I picked out, he's got the second highest points total as well for the fantasy game and clear 
clear as day for me, second in my top 10. Okay, Tom, lower the tone, Christopher Ayer. <laughs> Number nine, Christopher Ayer. <laughs> for, for me, the guy's just completely under-delivered. Right. Selic, I've got this issue where they can't defend set pieces. Christopher Ayer is absolutely massive. Why? I mean, he's, he's, he's just not dominating the box. There's talk of him, oh, Scott Brown goes, uh, Christopher Ayer, stick on for captain. He, he doesn't command the box. He doesn't organise the back line. Um, too many blunders as well. And marauding runs, I think he just completely outdoes his work with a shit pass right at the very end of it. <laughs> he, 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 he runs away and then he just panics. He's like, I've never, never been here before. Where's this? Opposition box. Boof, ball's gone. That's it. 15 clean sheets out of 32. That's 46%. Um, that's sort of on a part of a Aberdeen defender. For, for, for me, it's like having a, it's like being a teacher and having a student. You've got two students. Christopher Ayer, you'd expect him to be right at the top, straight A student, and he, he does his exams and he gets straight Bs, whereas players like Guthrie, he, he's a student you expect to fail, but you know he, he floats under the surface, ends up getting B, a couple of Cs, and you think, oh, I didn't expect that. Good man. That, that, I mean, Christopher Ayer's just bombed it for me. Terrible. And that's my rant over. I like that analogy. I was, I've been laughing at that past week when he said that, that was his reason behind it. I couldn't argue with that because I'm going, all right, fair enough. How can you argue yeah, with that? Yeah. How can you argue with that thought process? <laughs> right, which means the top two are both Rangers close. In what order could they be possibly, dear listener? Number two is Hellander. Tom, you had him down in fourth. Mm-hmm. Gunnar third, and I had also had the third. So Gunnar, start on Hellander. Or Hellander, how you might pronounce it. Well, I don't want to say he got carried by, by Goldson, but he he was part of this this really good Rangers defense. Um, kind of shared the same same amount of games there with Balogun. I put tenth, uh, but uh, fifteen clean sheets in twenty two games, twenty two tackles, one twenty seven fouls, fourteen shots, and two more shots than Ayer. So that was debunked. And Ayer is, is, is so attacking. But yeah, Helander just based on the on the clean sheets alone and. Uh, Rangers' defensive performance this season couldn't have been anyone else, really. Tom? Yeah, I mean, 15 clean sheets out of 22 appearances at uh, 68%, which is just a couple off Goldson. I think he probably would have ranked higher for me if he'd... I, I felt like my top three had to have at least sort of 30 appearances to kind of get a good sort of sample size. So that's why he was fourth, but, you know, it's a close fourth, but good season. Half of that. Yep, I thought with the signal last year, I thought it was a bit of a lump to be honest. I thought it was really slow, but this year it has shown he has improved. A wee bit like Gunnar said, I think Goldson has carried him a wee bit because he's, he's like, you can tell he's a, a weak link's too strong, but you can tell he's the weakest of the two centre backs when he's playing, and Goldson's a better centre back. So you just put that with the eye test, you can see that he's not as good as Goldson. But again, if you walk into another team, we're happy to have him. He's solid, dependable, not got many mistakes in him. The clean sheets, stats talk from themselves. So, again, he's third on my list, but that's only because I went nuts and put I at top. And number one, we all had him two first and a second here, Connor Golson. Tom? 
Four goals, two assists, and 24 clean sheets out of 34 appearances. That's a rate of 70%, which pretty much blows everyone else out of the water. Um, I think Rangers will really be lucky if they manage to keep a hold of them. I think a lot of, sort of Premier League teams, Championship teams will be just being about to, them. Just wait to see how you're, mate. That will change. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just fantastic. Um, solid at the back. Rolls Rice. Read this one. <laughs> <laughs> Gunnar thoughts on Connor Golson. I think Thomas said it all there. Uh, 24 clean sheets. He's got the four goals to two assists. Uh, in comparison to everyone else here with their 14, 12, 14, 18 shots, Goldson 39 shots. So you really you really get Everton with him. Clean sheets, goals, assists. Uh, highest points total from the center halves in fantasy game as well. 216 points. What more do you want? Well, all says, I think since he joined Rangers, he's improved as a defender every year. You can see it. And it used to be a running joke that was comedy Goldson was kind of the wee thing he used to call him and Rangers made a lot of mistakes, especially in Celtic early. But as he's got older and matured, he's become the linchpin in that back four. You think, can you get Barisic and Tavernier bombing forward constantly? And they're sitting at the back. Maybe Jackson in front of them, but they're solid. The clean sheets talk from themselves. He hasn't been the best centre-back this year in a league. There you go, I'll say it. I just think overall he's not, but he's still the best centre-back this year and you told me I move away, Tom. And there's talk of them giving him a thirty grand a week contract to stay in this, which is a high, high wage for the Scottish league. But I suppose that's what it takes to keep him there because he would probably get a move, no problem, to one of the bottom four teams in the English Premiership. <laughs> I kid on, I kid on. Right, that is us finished with the Scottish game. Gunnar, you have this top ten list up at some point again in the graphic, the high mind, and people can agree. Oh, I, yeah, of course. Oh, shaking it, if you don't believe us. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put that up on the, on Twitter. And uh, just on Goldson being being maybe a bit of a liability and having improved this season, uh, like being a liability in seasons past and having improved this season. When I first started playing the game, and just like I think one of my first a couple of tweets where I tweeted the the game before that I tweeted my team out before the game started. Uh, someone had commented under it like, "Don't get Goldson." Like. He is single-handedly at fault for like conceding goals for Rangers. Like that was the the opinion that I got told. Like at, at the start of the season, that was the view, and now we have him top here, sitting of our center halves. Uh, so a big improvement for him this season, I think. Real a real life redemption story. Hmm. Hey, what's been like, Matt? Tom, there's been a couple of games I can remember in the past couple of years where Goldson's been at fault with Celtic scoring goals. I mean, just what I want to believe oh, yeah, yeah. was Mikey Johnson with the ball, long ball. I didn't know he do it, and then caused Eduardo Ibrox. I think that was only just was that was last season, wasn't it? That was only two years ago. So this shows you that obviously he's improved the formation they play, the tactics they play, the setup has helped him, and he became a better defender for it. Right, we'll move on to the FPL now. Then, so the top three. This is safe for eyes. The top three in the league is the top three in this podcast. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> Gunnar's sitting first. Peter's sitting second. Tom's sitting third. If we could end the league right now, that'd be great. That's why she's listening to the content. We're sitting top three. I thought I was going to wake up third this morning, actually, because I thought Tom was going to get above me, but he's two points behind, so I'm still holding on to that position. Uh, and Gunnar, again, you had the highest points in the league. So at the right time of the season, you're producing the right amount of point returns to keep yourself up there. 
So the average was 39 points. I had... I went the wrong bit, haven't I? What was average this week? What did I tell you that? Average 36. 36. Right, so we had 63 for Gunnar, 52 for Peter, 56 for Tom. So I had the lowest score, so I took my points first. Uh, Martinez for two, Rudiger for eight, that guy for Chelsea for six, Trent for two, Castagne for nine, Greenwood captain six, bit of disappointment, Jota one, Fernandez three, Lingard two, any actual 12, and Bamford one, and Dallas on the bench for six. So that is my only thing. If I hadn't took the hit for Greenwood, Dallas would have come off the bench, so I'd have been worth roughly 10 points because as I said, the four point hit, he'd have started. But that's what happens. My two hits the last what the last two weeks didn't work this time. Right, Tom, talk us for your points. Yeah, I had Sanchez in goals for two points. Uh, really good got me eight. Trent got me two. Shaw got me eight. Dunk got me two. Midfield Yacht a one. Bruno three. Lingard two. And Greenwood three. Up front, Captain Nacho. 24, and Bamford got me one. Okay, you're going to talk us for your points? Yeah, Mendy in goal for five, Rudiger eight, Trent for two points, Cody got me nothing, Castagna nine points, Captain Salah 18 points, Lingard two, Jota one, Fernandes and Greenwood three each, and then Ian Acho 12 points. Okay, so over to predictions then. As it stood, it was 39-29-28. That's Peter, Tom and Gunnar. And it stands as 42, 30 and 29. And they were as... Everton Spurs. None has got that. Wolves for Sheffield United. I got that one nil. Tom, you 2 nil. Gunnar, you 1-0 for a point each. And none has got the Arsenal film game. So that was that. So this week... Brighton versus Leeds. I went nil nil. Tom. Two nil Leeds. Kira. One all. Everton versus Aston Villa. And I've also went nil nil. I think one nil Everton. Kira. I'm going to say one one. You've done a lot of things you may put here, I don't like this. Yep. Man United, Liverpool, and I've went 0 0. Tom. Two nil Liverpool. That's Gira? correct. <laughs> yep. two, two one Liverpool. Oh, two one? Okay, no clean sheets there. Right, so that is us finished with normal stuff. So now on to, I like to call Tom time. For the FPL topics, you hit us with the, the relevant questions for the FPL this game week. So, Tom, over to you. Yep, so my first question I've got this week is, Leeds have arguably the best run of fixtures from now until the end of the season. It's a two-part of this one. Do you still own any Leeds assets, or are you looking to get some in? And also, managers did have a lot of joy this season from Bamford, Rafinha and Dallas in the triple-up. Would you consider the triple-up again? I'll go to you first, Peter. Right. I had Dallas, Rafinha and Bamford on my wild card. I only had Rafinha because he's injured. I've still got Dallas and Bamford. They have done pretty well for me. I'm on a quandary this week with a transfer. If Rafinha was fit, I'd bring him back in. And Gunnar going to see his self later on about Gunnar, the Rafinha and Bamford connection. Uh, I like Rafinha. I want him back in. I want him to be fit. But if he's not, I'll probably stick with the two, as is. 
Gunnar? I don't have any Leeds players at the minute. Uh, I like Bamford, but I like him more with Rafinha uh, because he's just buzzing about and creating. And I think Rafinha, he's still flagged as injured. So unless he's back, uh, I, don't, I don't really want Bamford. Maybe from game week 36 onwards, that's then his two games. Like game week 36 would be Burnley, Southampton, and West Brom then for him. Uh, if I had Dallas, I'd definitely start him against Brighton this week. Uh, I don't have him, but if well, we come to another question that you have. But so if I do have the funds, I might upgrade someone like Cody, who I have as like a fourth or fifth midfielder uh, defender uh, to Dallas again. Nice. I've got some stats for Dallas. Um, he's top for shots on target amongst defenders. Um, Leeds defence have been fairly decent in the last four games as well. They're actually fourth best. Um, for big chances conceded, they've only conceded five big chances in the last four games. And that's only bettered by Chelsea, City and Everton. I think with Rafinha, the fitness thing is a big issue. And that will also have a knock-on effect with Bamford as well. Um, so I currently own Bamford. Uh, Dallas is in my thoughts as my possible transfer in for this week. Um, we'll just move on to the next question then. Burnley now face West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, Liverpool and Sheffield United between now and the end of the season. Chris Wood has scored six goals and registered three assists over the last six game weeks. Should he be in our teams until the end of the season? I've got you first, Gunnar. So his next games: West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, Liverpool, uh, Sheffield United. If he is in like the Iheanacho, Watk- Watkins, Bamford uh, bracket and... So Watkins, he's going to have to double. But for Bamford, we just spoke about him. Nacho, he's not moving from my team. And it comes down to picking up a player who's, yes, he scored a hat-trick. Now, he, I find it with like Woods, he's always got underlying stats. I had him sometime, I think, at the start of the season because I was buying into this. Well, he's got good underlying stats. But... I think I'm 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 rather swaying towards those guys who've who've done who've done it all season and who've proved they can do it. Double game is coming up. I think I'll be opting for someone else and, and not for Woods. I, I think if you had him on a wild card because you had exact money and you were like, I'm gonna pick up him. Uh, he's got you the 20 points this weekend. Fantastic, but I, I don't think I'll be bringing him in. Yeah. Similarly, Gunnar. I mean, I've got. Bamford, Iniacho, and Kane, and I don't see me coming off of Kane, don't see me coming off of Iniacho, so that leaves Bamford to really dis- discuss. And the only way I would come off Bamford is maybe for the double game week. I think he's thought he was going off the pod, I would maybe go with Watkins there, but I don't know. Bumble I, I just, I just don't inspire. I know they, they don't inspire me overall, they don't have any assets, I want to get stuck in. I know my own money league, the guy who had him as his third striker, forgot to do his transfer, so what kind of that hat trick? I don't <laughs> care what he says, he what kind of that hat trick, but that's how the game plays. <laughs> I mean, I'm more thinking about that when we run our fixtures there. Is there any potential Burnley midfielders I could get in? Is there anybody that stands out in the game? I, I don't really see. Then, no, there's Tom's game in there, I shake it head because I've got a good midfield there and I'm not like, Woods is the one that stands out. I had Charlie Taylor last year in defence for Burnley and he was really good for me. 
for the attacking defensive clean sheet and attack returns every so often. But apart from that, I don't see it, to be honest. No. I can have a look at the stats for the last top, the last four games. He's top for shots on target with 10, second top for big chances total, only second to Kane, and he's joint third for chances created as well. I kind of had a look at my own team. I've got Kane, Nacho and Bamford. I don't really want to get rid of Kane ahead of the Sheffield United game. Obviously, if he's if he's fit, he was fit for the Carabao Cup, but then they just rushed him back. Um, so I thought, well, the only person I could really drop out of the team would be Bamford. Um, and obviously, Wood stats blows Bamford out of the water, but you've got to consider the fact that Bamford's not had Rafinha. And over the last four fixtures, Leeds have faced Man United, Liverpool, Man City, and an easy one with Sheffield United, whereas Woods played Wolves, Man United, Newcastle and Southampton. So other than Man United, a nice little run there as well. So I'd probably give it one more week, I think, before I pulled the trigger on any sort of crazy transfers like bringing uh, in Wood. I'm not closed off to it. I mean, if he looks like, if he looks good again this week, then he looks... It's like the whole... I think the general says, if Fairfield's giving you a gift and it's there, don't... Cool no, I know better. Like any actual, for example, mm-hmm. it was there in front of you. Lingard, it was there in front of you. Take it. Don't be silly. Don't if, if he scores more goals this week, then you've got to make the move and, and strike with iron shot, I suppose. But just wait the next season with Ryan Christie taking shots, his stats will drop <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> um, which brings us on to our last question then. Uh, Bruno Fernandes has only provided one goal and one assist in the last six game weeks. His ownership is 56.7%. Should we look to get rid or should we hold him out of fear? Peter? Right, that's a lot of me and Gunnar talking about before we came on the pod, Tom. Uh, my plan this week was to get rid of him, but everywhere I look, I just see like reasons not to move. I looked at Arsenal, first of all, the like Arsenal's fixture run, but looking at Arsenal, the results are still rubbish anyway, so what's the point of trusting him? Mm-hmm. I like I like Odegaard as a player, but I've also said before he's got the pass before the assist. So what's the point? Looked at Leicester for Madison, maybe, but then that could chip up in Leicester. I remember I said last night I'm gonna go for it, but more for both I'm thinking myself, that's silly to go for free, then is it gonna work? Gonna mention that he's highly owned, really runs a rank, so we come off him. And he has got the potential to, to go nuts one week. And then you're dropping like a stone in the water. Chelsea, I thought as well, for Mount or Havertz to come in, but their fixtures aren't exactly spot on, and they're not like, nailed in either. But on the other hand, I'm thinking to myself, he's one of the highest like, price players in the game, and if you've got a player like that and you're not going to capture him, what's the point in having him? That's another wee thing in my head. So I'm still swaying. I've had them all season. I think I've stayed to go as well. My three players also have had my team not moved. It's Martinez, Fernandez, and Bamford. The three have had. But Fernandez, as you say, isn't returning it. And I know he's used to get his stats are still good, but he's not returning it. And I'm him and Holland to go from here. That's me. Good enough. I find that it's a really big one this this week because if you go and go for someone else instead of Bruno, it frees up funds almost immediately. Uh, see, I brought in Greenwood last week for Son, uh, and I can't go back straight away because I'm 0.1 short. I've got two free transfers, so I can I can work it out somehow. But originally, my plan was to get Son back in uh, and lose Bruno for that. But 
like you say, it's almost 57% ownership. I'm looking at my mini leagues. I'm looking at my rank. Everyone has him. If he does something, if he gets a jammy pen against Liverpool and I transfer him out, that is going to be a big problem. I've also looked around. Who can I bring in? Sigurdsson maybe for Everton. He's got the double, but I don't know. He takes a lot of set pieces, but I'm just not sure on him. Maybe I can roll with the with the Son and Greenwood alternative. But Fernandes is one of those players, I think at the end of last season, going into the season as well, you, he, for me, he was kind of in this, in the Salah bracket where I know they're going to have a bit of a slump, a bit of a dip in form, but they're just... Like Salah and, and Bruno, they were two players where I, where I thought these guys are going to be in my team for the whole season and... I think there is a big advantage to be gained if, if you hit the right player, if you transfer him out. But there's also an argument to be made if, if everyone around you has him and you're not chasing and maybe you're just a few points ahead, then you can just as well make the argument for keeping him and maybe one more week, especially against Liverpool. Like makeshift defense probably once again, come back, Fabinho. There's a penalty in there somewhere. So... Like personally, I think I'm gonna wait. Although I'd like Son back against Sheffield United, I haven't decided yet. But but that's my thoughts on Bruno. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way as well. I think he's similar to Salah in the sense that the they're still registering good stats, but they're not providing the assists and the goals. But I don't have Salah, but I feel like I've got like a comfort blanket because I've got Trent and I've got Yota. Whereas with Bruno, because his ownership's so high. Whereas with Salah, I feel like a lot of people have came off, particularly those that sort of wildcarded recently for the kind of the fixture turn. Um, a lot of people kind of switched from having Salah to the Trent Yota. Um, so I'm going to keep him for now. I think I think your overall rank or your position in mini leagues, if you, I think if you're chasing, it's probably a good idea maybe to, to come off and use that money to sort of spread amongst and that sort of upgrade players in areas where your opponents maybe are lacking in order to try and sort of get a gain that way. But for myself, I've only just got into the top 100k. I don't want to drop back out again, so I want to try and stay here for a little bit just yet. So my plan is to, to hold for now. Um, I'm maybe looking at a sort of defensive um, transfer this week. You just on that, Tom, right? I'm in a one league as well. I'm sitting top. And the top three have all got Fernandez. So the both guys just stick with Fernandez because we've all got them. Why take the risk? Exactly, yeah. Okay, nice move up. What about next week? Sell next week? Gareth, is only coming me any questions you get anything to add this week in FPL? Uh, no, that, that is it. Not like you know, we've something. Mm. Okay, then, so transfers and captains will finish up. We've kind of discussed transfers, but anything else we think this week we're going to go for transfer wise? Do I'll start with you because you've got two, I believe, your old for last week. I used one and kept one all over. Two frees. I, I think it all depends on if Kane is fit. We'll probably find the game is until Sunday. I think so. We'll probably hear something about that before that. Uh, I don't have Son. I'd like him against Sheffield United, but uh, we spoke about that. I need to think about it. Uh, a bit of a benching headache because do I play Greenwood against Liverpool? Do I play Holding against Newcastle or Cody against West Brom? Probably not Cody. Wolves are just rotten, but. Maybe holding against Newcastle, or do I don't want to play Greenwood against Liverpool? That's that's kind of the problem I have at the minute. Transfers, not too sure. Captain Kane, if he's fit, 
looking at Ian Nacho maybe as well against Southampton, kind of like that uh, mini league rival. He's captain Ian Nacho last night, so that was very good for him. Uh, but yeah, if he's fit, I'll stick the captaincy on Kane. So, transfers, captains? Um, I'm either looking to bring in Dallas or Castagna. Um, I'll probably get rid of Stones since he's been carded. Captain-wise, it's between Nacho and Kane. Not decided yet. Why would they say my transfer? I'm thinking I'm probably just going to hold. I'm just probably, just, I'm, probably just, I'm going to hold and roll so I get two for next week so I can see if you're there. I've already got Dallas. He's in. Captain will be Kane. If Kane's not fit, it's going to go to Sun. I've already got Sun, so I've not got the issue you've got. I've got Sun in there, so I've got the backup plan of that. Uh, if Kane was injured and he was like pro, shown to be injured, I'd be very tempted to go to Vardy. Yeah. But I would need to have clear indication that he's not making it. Because me and Gerard discussed again for you to want Tom. I was thinking of doing something like just going down to the midfielder and go for a front three end of the season. Kane, Vardy, and Nacho, and just try to push for the rank. Then on the other hand, I'm thinking, I'm setting top of the money league. I'm, can I, I'm setting my highest rank ever in a game as well. So I'm kind of in a position where do you just hold or do you just I keep twisting and try to get as high as I can? Like, I'll come back and write my face, but I'll wait to hear the pressers until the, the transfers news at the engineers first for making a call on that. Yeah, definitely. I would jump in. Okay, that is us then. So you might get your plugs in, Tom, start with you. I am at FFS underscore scout. Um, probably do a short article this week, starting to wind down for the end of the season. So keep an eye out for that. Um, other than that, just uh, well, there'll be no more rate my team. So just hit me up on Twitter. Get <laughs> <laughs> up. Yeah, I'm at Fitball Weekly Pod. We're doing the graphics, the brackets, and scores are going to be out tonight. Uh, we're going to captain poll before the game week deadline. And anything you can get in touch on a Twitter. Yep, that is 25 ranked in the world. That's Scotland. Good enough, so he'll help you out. And catch me at Fantasy Half. You can follow us, obviously, all three accounts. They're all linked together. You'll see his posts and stuff. They're all, they're all linked in. Did listen to last week's podcast with Eskimo. If you're interested in Norwegian fantasy football, check that out. That's also on the list. We'll get more space to up the next couple of weeks. We'll be doing the rest of our like ranked position wise. Of the fullbacks next, I'm interested in that because that'll be quite a good one. There's quite a lot of, lot of decent fullbacks in Scottish League. And that is us. If you like the podcast, please give us a rating where you get it from, and we will catch you again down the road. So goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers. Cheerio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.